welcome to the Cary Church Podcast. For more information regarding Cary Church, visit www.cary.asn.au. My name is Dave Kilpatrick. I'm one of the pastors here at Cary. And how good is it to take a moment out of this season and just celebrate and rejoice and reflect on the most extraordinary act of kindness, the most remarkable gift that has ever been given in the history of the world. It's a Christmas that we celebrate the giving of God's Son. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only Son. And that is what we celebrate at Christmas. The story is recorded in Luke chapters 1 and 2. And the story picks up in Luke chapter 1. When a young Jewish teenager called Mary is visited by the angel Gabriel. And the angel went to Gabriel and said, Greetings you who are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. Now this freaked Mary out a little bit. And she thought, well, what sort of greeting could this be? But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favour with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you will call him Jesus. He will be great and he will be called the son of the most high. And he was going to be a king and his kingdom would reign forever. Now, I don't know what you would have thought if the angel Gabriel rocked up to your front door and said, blessings are you, highly favoured, you're going to give birth to a child. I mean, if you're a bloke, you'd be a bit confused. But put yourself in the position of a female for the moment. You'd be thinking, okay, I've got favour from God. God. I'm going to give birth. He's going to be a king. He's going to be known as the son of the most high God. I reckon my ship has just come in. I reckon things are looking pretty good. You know, I better ring up, you know, St. John of God Nazarene and make sure that they've got the Lux birthing suite sorted and the wild music will play because, you know, this is going to be a king. I have no idea what would have gone through Mary's head. It doesn't tell us a lot other than that she said, I am the Lord's servant. But whatever she was thinking, I suspect the way it panned out was not what she was contemplating. I mean, one of the first things she would have needed to have done was having a rather difficult conversation with her fiancé, Joseph. You can imagine Mary walking in saying, "Um, Honey, um, I'm going to have a baby and uh, you're not going to be the dad. Uh, But it's okay, because God's going to be the dad, and we're going to call him Jesus, and he's going to be known as the son of the Most High. Um, Awkward. Joseph wasn't too happy, as you can imagine. He was, you know, he was a bit upset by this, so Gabriel had to make a second appearance, come in and say, it's okay. Um, Mary hasn't lost the plot. She is going to have a child. You're not going to be the dad. God's going to be the dad, and you are going to call him Jesus. So, you know, with Gabriel doing the right thing for Joseph, he calmed down and, and we don't, we're not told a lot about the rest of the pregnancy. He, he, she went and visited uh, her cousin Elizabeth and um, we're then told as, as it's getting near to the time when Mary needs to give birth, some dude called Caesar Augustus decides it would be a good idea to try and count all the people in the Roman Empire, which at that stage was just about everyone in the known world. And... Joseph needed to go to the place of his forefathers. So he was in the line of King David, and King David happened to be born in Bethlehem. So Joseph, by reason of the decree, needed to travel to Bethlehem in order to be counted for the census. And because Mary was promised to Joseph, Mary had to go with him. Now, I don't know whether you know this, but depending upon which way you go, the scenic route or the other route, 
Nazareth to Bethlehem is about 120 kilometers. It doesn't sound a lot. You'd be there in about an hour and a bit these days. But 2,000 years ago, these were poor people. They would have either had to walk or perhaps, if you're lucky, Mary might have had the opportunity to ride on a donkey. Although, having said that, riding 120 kilometers on a donkey while you're about eight months pregnant, I don't know whether you could call that lucky. I've been married to a woman who's four times has been eight months pregnant, and I wouldn't have dreamed of suggesting, hey, let's go for a 120-kilometer hike, just camp by the side of the road, it'll be cool. We'd have only had one child, I suspect. So you can imagine the state that Mary was in when she finally got to Bethlehem. She has been walking or bouncing up on a donkey for days. She is absolutely exhausted. She gets to Bethlehem, there is absolutely no place to stay. There is nowhere for them to stay. They go to an inn. Now, this is not the Holiday Inn. This is a reasonably rustic place for travellers to, to spend the night as they're passing through. And there was no room in the end, but the, the, there was an, behind an inn there'd be an enclosure where the travellers could put their donkeys and camels. It might have actually been a cave because this was a reasonably hilly area. And Mary suffered the indignity of needing to give birth in amongst the animals to the child of God. Relatively public. And all she had to rest her baby in was the feeding trough. I don't know what Mary contemplated after she received the message from Gabriel, but I suspect that wasn't it. The story picks up in Luke chapter 2. There's some shepherds. And at that time, the shepherds, this time of year, they would have been living out with the sheep. They could have been there for weeks, even months at a time. And in Luke chapter 2, we read, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. Now, the, the glory of the Lord doesn't turn up a whole lot in the Scriptures. When it does, it's significant. And not surprisingly, these shepherds were terrified. I mean, just, you know, as you do, out the field, mining business, then bang, there's Gabriel and the glory of the Lord. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today, in the town of David, which is Bethlehem, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be the sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favour rests. Peace to those on whom his favour rests. We read a chapter ago that Mary had found favour with God. And as the story goes, we didn't see a lot of peace in her circumstances. So what do we learn from this story? Well, firstly, if this was just an ordinary child, we wouldn't learn much at all. But we know that this was not an ordinary child. We know from the scriptures that this child was the son of God. This child was the creator of God in human form. The Apostle Paul writes that through Jesus, everything that was made, that has been made, was made through him and by him. 
Nothing was made that was not made by him and he holds all things together. He is literally the centre of the universe and is coming as a child. And he didn't come with finely orchestrated arrangements. He didn't come to plush carpets and to comfortable beds. He didn't have Mary having a stress-free pregnancy so the child would be relaxed when it was born and not suffer all these things that can be suffered when the parent... No, he came into all of the pain and difficulty and struggle and trial and challenge of human existence. He was born right into the centre of it. What do we learn from this? We see God saying in the most profound ways, I am God and I am here with you. I am God and I am here for you. The angel announced to the shepherds, shepherds weren't particularly high up on the social structure of Jewish society, like they were, they were way, way down. It's recorded in, in subsequent historical texts that shepherds weren't even allowed to give evidence in a court of law because they were considered either too stupid or unreliable. Like these weren't the who's who of Jerusalem. But the angel said, today a Messiah has been born to you. To you. Jesus came to bring peace. Jesus came to bring life. But we don't see in this story that the peace arrives suddenly because the circumstances change. The peace is that God says, I am here. I am present. And I am for you. The shepherds, once they heard this extraordinary news, they didn't stay in the field and say, well, that was weird. They got up and they ran to Bethlehem. They searched out this child, this gift that was to bring great joy, the Messiah, Christ the Lord, and they found him. The angel said, a child has been born to you. And the gift of Christmas, the gift that is Jesus, is today as it was 2,000 years ago to you and to me. It's a gift of God's presence. It's not a gift of peace in circumstances. It's a gift of peace in people's hearts. Because until we have peace in our hearts, we'll never have peace in the world. But if we have peace in our hearts, the circumstances don't matter as much. Despite all that Mary went through, it says at the end that Mary treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart. This Christmas story is about a gift of God to you and to me and to the whole world. What are you going to do with that gift this Christmas? It can often be found in the trials and the difficulties and the struggles of our day-to-day lives if we stop and look for him. He's a gift for you this Christmas. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you came. Lord God, we thank you that you love the world so much that you sent your only son, that we might have peace with you and peace with one another. Lord, we thank you that you came in love and said, I am here and I am present and I am for you. And Lord, I thank you that you have said, I will never leave you. 
Lord Jesus, this Christmas, remind us, startle us, surprise us, Lord, with the staggering reality of Creator God coming to be present every day. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you came.